0: So you're still on your European tour, right, John? Have you uh, yeah. seen Big Ben about twenty
1: times? I have not seen Big Ben since I have not been in London. Oh, uh, you haven't gotten trapped in a roundabout? No, nope, no roundabouts yet. I just so. gotta
0: complete the reference there. Just make sure that it got through. That's all. Hey
1: look, look, kids, Big Ben.
0: <laughs> so so where where are you uh where where are you today in the wonderful world of, of Europe? I'm in Budapest. Why? Hungry. Yeah. I mean, not uh, that you shouldn't be there. I'm just, what, yeah, what, what brings yeah. you there?
1: Um, oh, it's a conference called Craft Conference. Uh, it's actually run by the guy, the people who, um, the Prezi people and the Ustream people. Just to try to get.
0: Oh, um, well, while you're there, can you ask them how I can extract the raw video from a Ustream uh, account? Because, you know, several years ago, I, I was at. Uh, Well, as in last year, I guess. I was at DevOps Days Austin, and they use Ustream to record things. And usually I like to go download the main video of of me talking, but in Ustream, I can't figure it out. I have to go buy some weird Windows XP tool to download it
1: or something. I will ask this guy, Gergely Hadiscuska. He's the guy who invited me last year, and I had to bail out at the last minute, and they were kind enough to invite me back again this year.
0: But Ustream is great, right? I think... uh I think 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 in our little circle of existence, we've probably gotten lots of benefit from it.
1: I think you're right. But yeah, the conferences, I mean, like, I'm speaking, but man, I mean, looking at the agenda just tomorrow, like, Dan North, so I don't know if people know Dan North, but him, Chris Reed, and Jez Humble were the original kind of um, continuous delivery pipeline it, it wasn't quite continuous delivery yet but those guys gave a presentation like in 2007 and i think north was the ringleader of that gang uh, where reed and humble were just uh the kids
0: the pipeline gang
1: the pipe i was the original pipeline gang <laughs> I work for, for no man. So, so was, this this
0: this craft conference, then I assume is sort of about like agile software development and no, things it, like that, it's or everything. It's
1: kind of cool because I mean, looking at the they got um, beer ops, Catherine Daniels from Etsy. They got a uh, bunch of agile folk. They got um, Classic Search. They got this guy, from the Mac Devine. He was at Gene's uh, thing. Uh, the Kyle Kingsbury. I don't know if you know this dude. That guy's fucking crazy um, but crazy smart but crazy um he's the guy who does the jet jepson stuff it sounds, it
0: sounds like you've entered what i can only describe as the bruce sterling web 2.0 european conference circuit this is it michael
1: nygaard now um,
0: no important question has someone said the word arduino there's no Arduino
1: folk here. I don't mm,
0: this must be a splinter faction from the Bruce Sterling conference circuit because all the ones he goes to, they're into three-dimensional things uh, uh, and listen, like Arduino Mitch- boards, blueberries or raspberries, or raspberries or pie or something.
1: Mitchell Hashimoto from HashiCorp. Oh, yeah, that, that guy gets I, around. That kid is freaking killing it, man. I, he's going to be the next, last year. Somebody, we're gonna, somebody's going to wake up and that kid's going to be worth, out of a company worth $2 billion. You, know,
0: you should find out who took his headshot picture. Because that is a well done headshot picture that I see everywhere. You know, you know, certain images, like there's the image of you like kind of sitting there mildly astonished with a guitar and a hat on. Yeah. That's very iconic of you, right? And uh you see this he's very consistent about his image. It's always that
1: one picture. He's a slick kid, man. He's a slick kid. Um, you know, he uh you know, he did the vagrant and then, you know, he got that crackdown and he did the Packer and Everybody's loving console, and now his terraform. Every time he comes out with something, I'm like, "Yeah, it's surely this one." People are not go, cool. and and now this terraform thing, which is kind of a, it's a it's a kind of a an abstraction. It's like a, a cloud formation, but kind of for everything. Right. You just
0: describe what it does, because I only vaguely know.
1: Well you can set up you basically set up kind of service stack um definitions, right? So um if you've ever used cloud formation or trying to think what other products are like it. Um um elastic bean source to a certain um but I think elastic bean source uh, beanstalk, elastic beanstalk. Um but yeah, I mean, you, you, you define, like, it's, it's kind of, it, it works really well with cloud infrastructure, right? So you kind of, you, you define the meta-definition um, of, you know, what the service is going to look like, what what the... The parameters of the configuration for you know the instance if you've got ports if you've got you know whatever the application the a m i and if it's on digitalOcean or it's on some other, so you define right. all that right. stuff in kind of a json style configuration and
0: uh or yeah you, you know i so I, I saw him give a talk at uh, configuration management camp, you know also in Europe a while back and and it's uh like a lot of the technologies you, me, and other people work on, I, I think it's best summarized as, you know, cloud.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it, it's sort of, and do and you, you remember that term, no ops? Yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, I don't think that term's going to come back, but I keep bumping up against it conceptually, right? And, and, and there might be a modification we might call different ops, but it's certainly like, you know, so what does ops do here? right like some some as 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 my uh boss and buddy Andrew Schaefer likes to always say who installs the cloud so you got to do that you got to get things up and running and you know i don't know whether you're borged or cloud foundryed or doctored or terraformed or whatever someone has to like you know install the installer as it were and maintain that so that's a thing and uh and then yeah. stuff stuff will break when it's in production but there's a lot of like th- in in my mind, there's this cycle of cloud and IT service management that we're in at the moment, conceptually, where the Venn diagrams don't overlap very much. And uh, I think if you were to ask me this about like one to two years ago, I would say the overlap was a lot more, but increasingly the overlap is uh, not
1: yeah, why do you say that? Because I, I don't think I agree with it, but I'm not sure. Well,
0: like, like I, I've, I've been trying to figure out, so if I'm a, an operations department, like a lot of the people that I go talk with out in the field, uh, like, what do I do now? Like, like if, 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 I, if I get a good headshot guys stuff installed, and that's all up and running, like, what's,
1: what's the type of work that I do? Oh yeah, I mean, you, there's tons of things you have got to do, right? Like those are just abstractions. You still, um, you still have to. The, there's the, the things are going to break. First off, right? things break. I don't care what abstraction, whether it's terraform, joniform, Forum. Now, don't
0: reveal any secrets that you're working on, John.
1: No, Dockerform, um, Cloud Foundry uh, John. form, Um it it um like things break right and 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 when things break somebody's got to do the triage somebody's got to figure out and things break small they break big right and 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 so like operations never goes away right like this no ops you know no Netflix started this no ops nonsense right and and then you know when you sit down with them and they had basically in fact you know one of the guys speaking I would start. I, I, I love Adrian Karkov. I think he's a friggin' you know, I think he is the brain of the future IT infrastructure. Um, but, you know, when I sat down with him, we had that original debate about no ops. You know, they had just hired uh, Jeremy Edberg, right? And I forget where he worked, but he's like the consummate, like, you know, DevOps, ops person. And, and you know, and the the, the thing was, but he's in he's in engineering. okay. That's why we're no ops because we don't have any ops. But they got a bunch of ops folks, right? Like right. killer ops folks in engineering. Well, okay, then sure, call it no ops. But don't say that you're not doing operations. And if that's a classic example there. They're an Amazon, but again, you know, logs. Do the, 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 the log? Do we don't? The, do all these products just get rid of all, all the logs so we never have to look at logs? So we never have to run, um, you know, Linux commands. Do we never have to do a ps command? Do we ever have to? You know, I mean again things break right you know tcp dumps i mean traces all sorts of things that um that you know that are still there and in fact in some ways the skills it, it creates even broader skills that um broader skills to people so again there there's plenty to do right no,
0: and of- and and that's 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 why yeah. i was alluding to the idea of like different ops or something but it does seem like so to sort of line it out, the two broad areas that operations people work on is one uh, defining the box, right? So, to, so to some extent, they're responsible for creating the uh, the thing you're running in, if if, if you will, and th- and then exactly to your point, stuff is going to break, so needs to be fixed.
1: Yeah, and there's networks, right? And There's legacy stuff, and there's you know. Uh- Again, we go on and on. You know, the, typically, I've never, very rarely will you be in, in uh, an organization where they only have one platform that they're using, right? So, how do you integrate the multiple platforms? Um, you know, so you know that's glue, that's knowledge of architecture, and again, it's operational architecture, right? Because things go wrong. Anyway, so, I mean, we can go on and on. There's things that the, who who runs the you know. Who makes sure the services stay up? If it's Chef, whether it's you know Docker, whether it's Cloud right, Factor,
0: right. like you um, know the- runs bartertown? Town, that's what you that's always she- want to know.
1: That's exactly right. So, well,
0: well let, let, let me ask you because you you are often in the unique history to re- the unique position to reflect on history. So, back let, let's let's take two other two other uh, big monumental IT moments from the past that I believe you lived through. One, there was like the shift to client server, right? And then two, there was kind of like the shift to web stuff, essentially. And if, you, if I think about it, I have to imagine that the, uh, as people in, in my neck of the woods marketing like to say, the journey that uh, operations went through in those two shifts was pretty similar, which is, which is the following. So uh, you're always like provisioning and setting up and building things. That's an thing that, uh, area of stuff that you do and then uh, you're also always fixing things. And now the things are just different. So you need to go learn about those.
1: Yeah, well I mean client server is a great example of the of the, the you know so back, you know back way back in the day when I first started, you had monolithic kind of data center infrastructure, mainframes. Everything was run. You basically had, you know, if you were, I worked at Exxon. at Exxon, you had, we had in in the geophysical processing, we had one data center with like four mainframes. Um, Exxon production and control, which basically was the organization that ran everything else, except geophysical processing, was the same thing. It was a downtown Houston data center with about, you know, four or five mainframes. And then all of a sudden, all of these um, – you know, we went to kind of distributed computing and everybody – like, it was client-server. It wasn't distributed in the computer science sense. It was, um, it was called distributed computing, but it isn't like what we think about now, like distributed right. computing. I,
0: I mean all, all client-server was, and correct me if I'm wrong because I was just barely cognizant of anything tech-wise of this era, is uh, you're going to have a centralized server and a GUI on a desktop is going to connect to it and do things.
1: Right, but what actually happened was um, it wasn't really centralized. It was kind of decentralized. What, what you end up having is I guess you
0: had an uh, office but, and stuff like that. Like this is well, the rise
1: of Excel exactly. and Word and Outlook you had, and things. You had CAD CAM, you had back office stuff, right? Like, you know, you know, something like Peachtree software or some type of And so what happened is you started putting these computers out in the field or in different, you know, it now, you know, or was it, you know, floor 18 had uh, this like weird box that was maybe a Unix box, and it was a CAD CAM system, and and everybody, you know, and everybody on um, four floors above and four floors below had, you know, client GUIs that connected into it, and then some knucklehead out, and, and uh, some division center got their own little, you know, server and, you know, by the time we got into the 90s, right, what we had is, you know, the mid-90s, we, what we had is this, this just fucking chaos of distributed servers that were specialized per department. And so the departments were actually starting to grow their own kind of, mm-hmm. you know, troubleshooting teams and all this. And then during the 90s, there was this, like, kind of push to kind of pull, or push, put this... Um, approach to pull all that back together, not back to mainframes, but to try to get something like effectively and stuff like that, or an attempt to try to consolidate the madness of, of what had happened from like 1986 to like 1996.
0: Oh yeah. And, and and then, and then to, uh, to, to, to borrow an image from uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, like sometime around... Probably 2001 or 2002, there was this crest of a peak of ITSM, and you could look back and see all this consolidation that had been like centralizing things and sorting it out, and then the wave went down there as like the lamp stamp came up, came up, and uh, everything decentralized again.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a ridiculous cycle, you know. Even like the, you think about the mainframe where you basically ran everything you needed to do on basically four machines. Now, they were big, honking machines. But now we're kind of, you know, we're kind of going back to that. (laughs) You know, again, we went to these distributed, like, oh, you need to run application XX. Well, then put that on one server and get, get, you know, a clustered database set of servers for it. And now we're seeing we're just running small instances, as many as we can fit. Um, Kind of, we don't care, like, if, you know, what the mixture of these are. You know, again, just like in the mainframe, you just ran tasks and the tasks were... Could, on one mainframe, you could have had 50, 100, 300 different applications. And yeah. Like, you know, I... Uh, but, but the point is that, look, like, I've been doing this 35 years easily, right? So I, I started 1980 on operations at Exxon. And, like, the, the operations people... Like what they do and how they do it changes, but they never go away. Never certainly. You know? And and uh, you know I mean, we were writing basically scripts. Um, you know back in 1982, 1983 to manage the complexity of the mainframes. Then we were writing Perl scripts in the late eighties, early nineties. You know then you know you know when we got into the year two thousand. Probably still Perl. Some people were starting to do Ruby. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, just anyway, it's, yeah. So,
0: it's, so, that, so then, you know, th- this also reminds me of, uh, you ever read that, that book wool, W O O L it's, it's a, you know, it's a weird science fiction book. I've referenced it on other little sound hole things I do, but it, 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 there's lots of funny metaphors in there. First of all, everyone lives in a silo. So you're already off to the races of metaphors there, but there's uh there's an it department and a mechanical department. And and in in an interesting twist of the metaphor, the IT department is kind of like the developers, and the the maintenance department is kind of like the IT department in in normal stuff, right? Like the the mechanical people just keep everything up and running and fix problems, but they don't really they just provide the infrastructure. Whereas the IT department is doing the application-y type of stuff, and and it is uh, but it 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 does point towards what I was talking about earlier. And, and it's it's interesting, like the old where we're going back to a centralized mainframe in, in the sense of I, I there, there's an over-rotating that IT can do in defining the system. Or let, let's just use the word defining the cloud that you're running in. And it seems like the uh, the barrier that a lot of people who want to do cloud stuff get to is whoever is defining the cloud hasn't gotten the memo to redefine it and and allow them to use cloud technologies. And I'm I'm sure you encounter this, right? It's sort of like, oh, I, I'd I'd love to use Jonaform or Docker or whatever, but uh they they won't give me permission. Or you know, like I can't get the access key or or something is wrong there. Like like I, I was talking with someone and and uh they were talking about using Cloud Foundry and they kept saying that they couldn't do it and we're you know we we're doing some some RCA, if you know what that is, on on why. And uh, it turns out that uh, operations just didn't want to give them access to vSphere, and and it, w- it was like this very simple little thing that, that needed to be fixed. And you know what what I I think what I don't hear enough about in sort of the uh, donkey land in mainstream IT land is going to the operations people and saying, "Hey, you're still doing the same thing." It's just sort of slightly different technologies you're using, and so we need to update the policies so that people can do that. And, oh, yeah, and 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 that's that's like so so this this leads to several uh, pragmatic conclusions, if you will, that really we we in the cloud industry uh, should spend less time talking about like how awesome we are and more time just doing the boring work of going over how the technology works and like how to fix it and how to run it and install it because it's almost to an operations minded person. They don't really care about software eating the world and all this stuff. They're just like, I build things and I fix things. So can you tell me how to do that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, you know, I mean, I was thinking that, you know, that um, I was at this container camp here other day and uh, Gareth Rush, Grove, who um, who basically does the DevOps Weekly, and he's he's now at Puppet Labs, and he's, oh, the email
0: oh. thing—that's a yeah, great yeah. little. Everyone yeah, should subscribe
1: awesome. to that. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he but he said something. Is he was doing this thing about containers, and he said, you know, he says we need to stop talking less about containers and more about what we can do with them. Um, you know, I think that we like like I, I kind of despise the word cloud these days, right? Like, because it like what the fuck is it, right? Like, I mean, like, I'm so over quote-unquote cloud. You know, I mean, is it OpenStack? Is it Amazon? Is it, you know, is it Cloud Foundry? Is it, um, you know, is it Docker? Is it, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it would like, using the word cloud just so detracts us from, like, what we really want to accomplish. Like, years ago, I wrote the, um, the five whys of cloud, right? You know, like, you know why are you using Cloud, and I'm like in there, like, well, you know, we, um, you know, we gotta use Cloud, and then, you know, no, no, why, why are you using Cloud? Well, we wanna, um, we wanna go ahead and get faster provisioning times. I'm like, really, why do you need faster provisioning times? Well, our uh, developers can get, um, you know, better speed and efficiency, and that will make them more productive. Okay, but why what like what does that do right uh, well, you know well god damn it you know it's a fucking cloud and you're like no no. i'm sorry i'm not letting you off the hook <laughs> like i haven't heard an answer that actually tells me anything this is, this is actually very andrew andrew in here yeah or,
0: or or it's it's also the the most annoying character in the goal that professor guy i i hate socrates people yeah. they Never They just tell you anything
1: that's right yeah yeah but but at the end it's like you know it's like and i, I literally went through this exercise with about five or six people on it and they get like mad at you and they finally say well god damn it so we can make you know i mean almost the second to last question answer is so we can you know make you know better widgets i'm like okay why and then you know and then well we'll make more money i'm like fuck bingo isn't that the first thing that you think about <laughs> you know, people running around going, I need cloud. Well, do I don't want any cloud. Well, because I hear you can get faster provisioning time. Like, no, it's like I need to make more money off of the widgets that I create. Let's figure out how to fuck to do that, right? And and so when you think about operations being the bottleneck, this is basically where we're at dangerous risk of repeating our uh, podcast from last week. It's about leadership to be able to say, you know, I mean, what are we doing here? What, why, you know? Um, you know because you know when we when we spend all our time in the goddamn muck of arguing whether you can get es access to vsphere or you can get access to docker or you can get access to this or that like we' like like it, we're playing that stupid first answer 5y game you know what we should be doing is i've got the app it basically does X Y Z. It then makes more money. Um, Bob, you know our our uh, you know our, our CIO has approved this. Can you give me the stuff that makes this work? Oh, but that's vSphere. Yeah, I don't give a shit what it is. <laughs> I told what I told you. Bob says we've got to basically do X Y Z to get more widgets out to make more money, and I need the you know uh, you know E F G. Component that you guys have, right? I mean, I, I'm probably not making sense now, but I mean, the point is, like, we 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 waste so much time in these stupid, silly. The fact that leaders let people have discussions about whether you can get access, you know, I've got this, you've got you've got this, and I can't give you access to vSphere. Like, that shouldn't even be part of the conversation, right? Right?
0: No, no, and 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 this is. uh this is a uh, there should be some word for it, but th- but there's 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 a jump in the discussion that occurs that you are just sort of you know straw manning out, and I've I've noticed uh, that that us despite not liking the word us cloud people we like to just talk about the fifth why <laughs> like incessantly like we like to start with that almost to short circuit like having to walk through things and and i'm I'm never sure if that's very helpful right because it's 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 like well, of course you're interested in like you know making money or doing this thing and and therefore that should sort of define the whole approach that you're taking with things and and i'm I'm always very undecided if if you sort of take the um i figured if obsequious is the right word, but you take this kind of stealthy maneuver where you suddenly end up there and and make your interlocutor think they've gotten there. Or if you just sort of pummel with the, the, the with the fact that you're going to end up there, <laughs> to but, but again,
1: if, I guess I'm, I'm I'm sounding redundant here. And but again, like if you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, the people who try to sell cloud will do things like, oh, well, the cloud will give you an ROI of like, and, and that's just as much nonsense as that I can get. You know, faster yeah. provision yeah. times. What it, it comes back to the, the kind of the goal, the aim, the why. What are you trying to do? Um, you know, so I mean, if you walk in and say, Hey, you guys need the cloud because it's gonna save tons of money they're gonna if they're smart, they'd say, How <laughs> and you'd say, Well, you know, just cloud in general saves money how you know and but you know the the point being that you you know i mean it, it, unless you it's purpose driven like you know again, I think that the biggest problem is to hate this and stratus we might have talked about this last week that we would um we would get put, so we had a multi cloud management solution. But we would get pulled in after all the technology decisions were made and a lot of times they were made without any of that kind of five y analysis of why they were doing it and then they'd pop into us and say um, you know make it so we need to, we need a stack that you know uh, you know a lamp stack that runs across multiple clouds and we need it to converge and we need it to auto scale we need all these things that we need and and it would be a mess like and you'd ask like what what, what are we doing here? You know, um, so it, so why,
0: why do you think that happens? Like, like what's the oh, mindset of oh, the people it's, you're it's, engaging with such that they end it, up at that point?
1: It was, yeah, it was, a, it was the problem is that people, the, the people who sell, um, sell cloud for the most part, they sell cloud. They don't – like even in my sales team there, I could never – I would say, guys, the only way we can do this right and have success is we got to be first one in. And so we need to go, we need to be, you know, going in early, doing assessments, but, but not assessments in the sense that we're going to sell you a certain set of clouds. Again, back to the why, you know, like, what are we trying to do here? What, why are we building this thing? Why are you going to spend, you know, 15, 30, 100 million, 200 million dollars over the next three years? Well, why, you know? Well, faster provision time. No, 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 no. Let's sit down. Like, what, do you have a pipeline? Is there a service that you want to improve? Is there a, if you if you shorten lead times for certain products, does that actually make you more money? I mean, this is the stuff um, Damon and those guys do great. Right. You know, right? They go in and, and they don't take. They won't like. They're pretty now. They get to the point where they won't even take you as a customer if you're not willing to play this game the way they're going to play it. They're going to walk in and they're going to force you to understand your whole flow and infrastructure but here's the thing like there were no sales guys at um at stratus that wanted to sell that service because it for their pipeline and their goal was to sell the product and most people who sell um open stack deployments or any form of a cloud like they don't really you know, it, it hurts them to stop you know to get the customer to stop and say you know hey wait, you know what don't even look at our stuff right now. You know, I, I don't really want you to do that right now. Now, I don't to, now, now,
0: do you do you do you think there is a class of products that you can sell that way?
1: I will tell you that I know a class of products that you can't sell that way. <laughs> well, for, <laughs> so so
0: for for example, uh, I would imagine you could probably sell laptops as basically just a product based approach, right? Like, hey. You need this thing, you don't need to ask five whys. Here's a laptop. Right. Now okay. exce- exceptions will occur. Yes. Like maybe you like, maybe you should have a tablet instead. You know, I mean- like like but but you, you, this this is a uh it's more of like an analyst point I always struggle wow. with. Is I, I I think the 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 cloud discussion, as it were, is not in a bad way, but a minority percentage of like global day-to-day sales of IT stuff. Right. And so I think it's always important if if this theory holds true, which I've never really proved out, that there is a huge chunk of IT stuff that you do just sell like, you know, it runs faster and and you sell that, right? But then there's this other chunk of IT, which you and I exist in, that's more like, um, the wrong word is consultative, but you have to have, you have to do your, your why analysis on it before you use it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time, which which i don't know if if that if that division of things holds true is sort of like it's fascinating because all of the rhetoric is around that second group and there's not really that much you hear about the first group yeah
1: it's hard. I mean so you know it's funny uh, Simon uh, Wardley wrote an article today and um, and he included me in it about the history of devops and and I love Simon he's probably not going to he Simon if you listen to Simon I say this with, with the most respect and love but you do sometimes have a little bit of a revisionist history in 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 you know in kind of you know so anyway he's got an interesting article about devops but one thing about Simon that is brilliant He's got this, this concept. I don't know if you've ever seen his uh, um, his kind of what he calls the evolution or evolution of practice where he has kind of a, a ubiquity by certainty and he, he kind of he has the, the graph go um, kind of um, you know um, vertically is ubiquity horizontally is uh, certainty. you start in the lower left hand corner with novel and in the upper right hand corner, you get to kind of ubiquity, um, uh, commodity, right, utilities. So right. so to answer your question, are the things that you can sell in that way? Yes. I think when things become commodity or utility, um, then then yes, like a laptop or even like a particular type of SaaS, right? Like um, Salesforce.com is probably a really good example of… You know something that's gotten to a commodity state, or right, or right. utility. Um, but in, in the most part, the, the people that we deal with mostly are are trying to build foundational stuff that's actually you know very early. Um, you know, um, you know is not ubiquitous. Is not not even close to commodity. Um, and and the you know the certainty of the solution is still nascent. And in those worlds, I do think you know the, the trying to accelerate the kind of here by the black box solution and then everything will work um you know it's just it it, it 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 fails and yeah i i
0: i think I think SAS things are a good example because you you uh or i should say I read all the 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 flurry of chatter around them, and there's never really a discussion of convincing people about the why's of SaaS. and I guess I guess it's also because it's an application and applications sort of uh make sense. Like 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 it's it's easier to explain what to do with an application than a bucket of parts, uh, more or less. And you know, most of the mechanics around SaaS strategy and businesses are just about like, you know, acquiring customers and churn and and all this stuff, but the product but the 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 buying experience of buying a saas seems a lot different than the buying experience of buying the other what do you, what do you call it the p and the i as it were like and it's uh i don't maybe it is cuz it's more of a commodity maybe commodity is the wrong i mean commodity well, has, so in, in our commodity in our industry has has a bad connotation and you know one one it can mean uh a necessary thing that has little value <laughs> to make up yeah, another quadrant I, I but,
1: it's, it's it is
0: um, but I, I think I think more of what you're saying is is it's easy to understand like like okay. it's something that works easily and fits into your workflow like yeah. it's it's not difficult.
1: No well, example laptop commodity right I mean that you know that's you know that is and that's not negative that's not a, I mean I do yeah I mean I think we sometimes we think of like oh use commodity hardware and that's you know right? but but I mean in general. I think I think of like the fact that, you know, everybody pretty much needs a laptop that's laptops are basically a commodity. I mean, you don't very few people, most people either buy a Dell or a Mac or an Azure. Like th- there's a short list of 95% right, right. of people in America who have laptops. Um, that people don't like go out and like kind of custom build and bring in this vendor to help them you know whatever right you're a company and you know you got to order a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand laptops in general you don't go ahead um you don't have to, but you don't go ahead and like start a project to figure out hey, you know let's go ahead and get a team of a hundred people together and let's try to figure out what kind of motherboards we should create right like that's a commodity but it, unfortunately, this thing that we call cloud is is You know, is not. I mean, the the people who sell them want to make it sound like it's a commodity, but it's 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 um you know again going back to Simon's, you know it's um it it is very high levels of uncertainty, uh, novel practices, um you know so um
0: so so then going back historically again so how did how did the the rise of Tivoli fit into that framing like was would you call Tivoli a commodity or, or whatever the opposite it was, like eventually systems monitoring and management became a commodity but at the beginning was it sort of understood what was happening or would you have to do like maybe no, back it, then it was the three whys but would you have to run through the five <laughs> whys to uh, close a yeah. deal
1: we had a couple of whys over the years we got smarter with our whys but um the um yeah no it was, it's the same thing right like Tivoli was just I mean conceptually Tivoli was brilliant like I mean, again, I guess OpenStack conceptually is brilliant, right? Like, but um so, but no, it, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was basically trying to sell, um trying to sell something that was in, you know, a very kind of uncertain, novel format or or now trying to sell a tool that try to selling a tool that the practice of using that tool was novel the ability for that tool to accomplish what needed to be done was a high level of uncertainty right and and but just very similar to to openstack so in the end it you know the, it was you know it was like many years of people spending lots of money getting very frustrated now what they tried to do was solve this problem of you know just infrastructure all over the place in 90 million different versions to try to create a framework for inf- for management infrastructure right. right and 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 that was that was really clever um but unfortunately you know it was just uh, it was you know so so then, so
0: then if 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 i uh try to package that all up neatly with with a with a bow so we were talking about so the client server error like completely changes the uh the terraform if you will the 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 uh what's the map topograph the topography of the i t landscape you used to have uh less stuff that was more centrally controlled that you know was still powerful would find you know you could sleep on a cray at night and all that business uh but You've introduced client server and things, again, we use this word differently now, but things are distributed. You have a network of right. devices. And then importantly, you kind of joked about this, but it's an important social aspect on it. Um, people are encouraged to do things on their own by the nature of, this, of, of client server. So you would have the branch manager who installs their own server and does their own thing. So there's a loss of control and And control in a good way of like being able to put your finger on everything and know what's going on, right, like knowing where your kids are at two a m at night, like you know, to make a weird analogy um and and therefore, so along comes Tivoli and also Patrol and all these other distributed systems management outfits and they have they have a couple of opportunities slash challenges, one of them is they say you've got a mess. We can fix your mess. So that's a very like tangible that that's that's your salesperson who wants to sell a commodity, a product, a well-understood thing, right? But then the challenge becomes you go in there, and I like the way you phrased it, the practice of using their tool was novel. So you've sold you've gotten to have like the meeting or a series of meetings with people as a vendor, as Tivoli, and you know, you probably drove up in your BMW as a 23-year-old that someone gave you or some other ridiculous thing. Maybe I guess that was more trilogy than Tivoli, but never mind. Anyways, uh, and they're like, "All right, all right, you're gonna fix my mess." And uh, how are you gonna do that? And then and then you start trying to explain the practice of using Tivoli and what's what needs to happen. And everyone's brain, brain just blows up because they're not used to like using a tool in that way. Because the practice, as you said, of using the tool is novel, and and then you almost have to somehow get. People to change their minds to using the tool in this new way they're not used to to solve this problem that they know they have. Which and I don't know. Lipo, does that
1: seem accurate? Yeah, no. And here's a light bulb. Is and it's, it's going to sound like oh, darn, John. But but it's it like we still don't. None of us get this. Basically, we fail miserably. You know, uh, as an industry, tools don't solve problems. People do right. And so they're going back to like you know, you, you know, if you have a problem. Let's analyze what the or what not even a problem. If you there's something you're trying to improve or fix or ultimately get more revenue from your organization, um, starting with a tool is in most cases the wrong way to do it. You have to basically because it, it, it really comes down to people problems like you know I mean, whether it's OpenStack, whether it's Tivoli, um, you know the, the, when you, th- you, you plop this tool in, you know, I mean, if you look at the companies now that are killing it, I mean, killing it. Now you could say, "Well, killing it at what?" I, you know, I mean, they're killing it. Google's killing it. Facebook's killing it. Twitter's killing it. Etsy's killing it. Uh, Guilt is killing it. Right? Do we go down the list? Right? And all those companies have solved their problems or created their why or their delivery of success using people first. Right? They, they, they mm. figure out what they want to build and how they want to do it, and then they go out and they acquire the different technologies and in most cases, these new breeds of companies use almost exclusively open source software because um, you know that's another whole discussion is typically um, you know if you want to be great at delivering IT service, one, you have to have great people. You have to have great leadership to help your organization get the the line of sight to deliver what you want to do, and you basically need to be you know flexible to be able to to be able to create what greatness is for your organization. Because you know, the the bottom line is you know utility doesn't create greatness, commodity doesn't create greatness, right? It's a normalizer. If we're all, if the only thing that we're doing, like if, if our business, I'm rambling like there's no tomorrow here, but if our business, like, all we do is use salesforce.com and somehow that's the only solution we have from a technology standpoint. I know this sounds silly. And we're basically trying to sell the people and everybody else that competes with us has the same exact tools. Right. Like in a lot of ways, we're not, like we're kind of, you know. Right. Well,
0: you could use, uh, uh let let let's 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 pick on instead of the girl scouts the boy scouts they're always selling those big tins of popcorn right and like buying a big tin of popcorn from one boy scout versus the other is irrelevant and right. and the exactly. the only differentiation that individual boy scouts can do is basically their 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 sales motion. <laughs> yeah, <fine. laughs> like like they like share, base, share, you know. ba- they differentiate on where they go to sell their stuff. Do you go door to door or set up in front of a shop? If you go door to door, what neighborhood do you go to? If you set up in front of a shop, what shops do you set up? You know, like. But the point I mean, is your pitch. But it, yeah, if, if your product is the same.
1: But the point is on that scenario, that. If, if the Boy Scouts gave you them the freedom and some really smart, you know. Uh, you know um, what do they call them now? The 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 troop. You know if troop number eight oh seven said, "Hey guys, you know my uncle has a recipe for popcorn." Oh no no guys, you gotta buy popcorn from the you know U.S. National Bo- No no no, we're just gonna and we're gonna put them in these really fancy crates and right like um, you know and and all of a sudden wow you know troop number four, whatever four eight seven oh three is killed it. You know, the most amount of popcorn ever sold. Or, or,
0: or they, they could take kind of an Amazon approach and be masters of logistics, like, don't worry about it getting delivered to you. I'm going to make sure this popcorn gets to uh, you we, really fast.
1: What they could be is, like, really smart kids that actually figured out how to get drones to drop them off and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this could get... But, like, where this is fun, fun, silly stuff, but at the end of the day, that's my whole point, right? Like, if... If you know, if let's just pick on Morantis because me and you can both pick on them, and now we don't have to worry about getting in trouble. Sure. Unlike last week where I said some things that had to be deleted, <laughs> I can pick on Morantis. And whether you like them, hater, I don't care. But the bottom line is, like, if you think you're going to get your differentiator by them selling you that same box of popcorn every time. Um you know, or you know here's the popcorn you're gonna to sell to your customers and and because you know or your internal staff that's going to be better than the company that we just came out of that got the same thing for you and again the the point being is the facebook's the googles those those guys know that we there's no cookie cutters in fact, you know for the longest time, I think it's still true, but like facebook and and a lot of these organizations will not buy a product unless it's open source because they know. They're going to have to modify it to get the because a because of their scale, but more importantly because they can get a competitive advantage out of out, out of doing things differently than anybody else, and and that's the new world. So I mean, so that so so selling these kind of box solutions, whether it's Tivoli or whatever, it's I mean, I mean it's not easy because you you know we got a shortage of skills. How do you get companies? Every, you know, how do you get everybody to be like Google and Facebook or you know, these companies, it's hard, right? But at the end of the day, that's the trend that is is killing it. And you know, and, and you take a company like Gilt or um, Etsy or you know, these companies that like are attacking different types of retail businesses because they're building their businesses. They're, they're not that old and they're building their businesses a different way. Um, that's you know and, and it's that's a competitive advantage. And the competitive advantage is, is about figuring out what you need to do as an organization figure out what kind of people can build that for you, and then let those people pick the tools, but these committee ideas that that you're gonna just like we're gonna go out and we're gonna do uh you know we're gonna look at three different products and you know we're gonna spend six months studying them and then we're gonna pick this product and and damn that's what we're doing the organization. Has to basically adopt this technology. Right? That's that's. You know, that
0: reminds me of one thing. Before I get to what I was going to say, I I think when we were at DevOps in two thousand seven, no one appreciated our little a little routine at the beginning of our talk, John. We were robbed. You remember? We, we did a uh, Laurel and Hardy bit or something like this. Is another great mess you've gotten us into. I'll have to go we, find the video.
1: I think oh, that would be awesome! Stuff. Yeah. We didn't like we were up against some like monster like Martin Fowler type you know I it wasn't Martin Fowler but it was actually somebody who was actually better known than Martin Fowler sure. and and so but we the, the like we got about like a hundred hundred twenty five I mean but the people who uh, somebody said to me. That that was our presentation. Was the, I had a couple of people say our presentation was the best one that they had seen at that whole conference that day. That's
0: that's back before I uh, learned how to put a lot of text on slides.
1: I'll have to go look at that presentation. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah. What did, what did, what did we do? You called me up, or you were on stage, and yeah, we did something silly there. Right? Indeed.
0: And, and so 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 getting Indeed. back to the uh, the thread of conversation here. So I you know I've I've been thinking of way of of uh, boiling all this down as we're talking and and. So there, there's almost a concept of like, you're both defined and constrained by the tools that you use business wise. And in that situation, right? Like choosing the tools that you use is very important. And, and there's, there's another forking that th- the first forking that goes on is, are, do you just want to like optimize the way you're doing things currently? That's fine, right? Or are you looking to do things in a different way? Are you looking to redefine what your constraints are? And if you just want to optimize the way you're doing things, I mean, those are the kind of uh, situations you were sort of deploring earlier, right? Like, there's certainly lots of them exist, but they're not often a good match for, well, I don't know, more evolutionary things. Well, whereas whereas, in, if the discussion is more about, like, redefining what your capabilities are and redefining the constraints your business is operating under, then you have to have this much longer conversation. Well,
1: the question is, do you know even what you're doing? I mean, that's <laughs> the... I mean, that's well, I, I, not even... You know, I mean, that's why the... The book by Mike Rothia called "Learning to See," which is about value stream mapping, and it's again, it's it's a technique that you know. I'm, I guess it's going to sound like I'm shrilling for uh, for Damon and his gang, but they do such a good job. It's worth noting. That's what they do. They they set this core. They they spend three or four days with an organization. And they invite you know managers in and people in from different divisions, and they figure out on a whiteboard, a long big old board. You know, sometimes it's just paper and. They figure out what the hell they're doing, like the you know what's the current state. Like before you get to the, you know, and again, so many companies notoriously fail at understanding current state, um, and and don't you know? I mean, that uh, you know, Microsoft's book is called Learning to See. It's like it really literally comes from lean, lean, you know, lean like Toyota, Parks and systems. You know, learn how to see your organization because you're never going to improve it. Or even you have a prayer, you know, and, and and so it's a circle all the way back, you know, uh, you know the the kind of if you're not willing to take the time, and most companies won't. I mean, like, oh, we don't have time to do that. Or, you know, if you're telling me I got to pull all my key people out of out of their jobs for three days, there's no way we can. I'm like, yeah, but like, what are you going to be doing for the next five years, you idiot? You know, like you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, but they'll go to offsites to basically do you know Jello. um spoon races, yeah. you know, you whole know, eggs and, and whatever to make sure they don't break an egg. But, but they won't spend three days to figure out what they're freaking, you know, just to see what the hell their flow looks like, right? So again, you, you have, that's the thing you have to do. You have to figure out what the hell you're doing uh, to figure out where, what the hell you want to do, and, and, so, and, and none of that is software.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it would also suggest, just thinking strategy-wise, that if you're if you're one of these newfangled product companies, one of your primary channels are people like Damon and them. And by channel, I mean things that bring you business, right? Like I, either you build up that capability on your own yeah. to basically generate – to basically go out and uh, hunt out and find the people who are willing to take a three-day off-site <laughs> – <laughs> or or you rely on people like uh, what, what's the name of Damon's company now? So we can just call it that.
1: Um, well, Simplify Ops. Yeah. And,
0: or otherwise you go you find people like Simplify Ops who do all that work for you and you give them a cut and all that. But like there, there's but be, there's certainly a flow of business for a product company. That there's there's high level strategic decisions that have to be made about how you how you nurture that that incoming stuff.
1: But the catch twenty two is the people who sell stuff. Don't want to sell that.
0: Indeed, that's that's why. Selling- like, that's why. That's why you look to build up a channel to make other people do it, or you have to get over it and yeah, do the five I, whys on your own and analyze getting the, those own capabilities in house.
1: But but the thing is, like again, the, the sales mentality is there's only only so much money out there, you know. And right. you know, like like when we were in Stratis, it was like we would we'd talk about. You know, I'd have to explain to the sales guys that you know like they'd say yeah but we've got a you know we've done some puppet and chef integration and i'm like yeah blah you know i love the chef guys they're you know guys and girls they're awesome but if their sales rep gets in there you know like there were things that chef definitely didn't do that we did like cloud multi-cloud management you know there's none of that stuff like you know the the you know how do you integrate a stack across multiple clouds and and then make sure that it either grows or shrinks um, you know, I, I know auto scaling is kind of a term that really never really played out the way people did. But it, but the idea of having ephemeral infrastructure that that can look like X at, at point A and look like Y at point B, like there was tooling that had to do that, and Chef couldn't do that. But like every once in a while, sales guy a person from Stratus would tell me, "Hey, you know." I, we just talked to a customer and they're saying that the the sales rep from um and let's just say it generically the sales rep from chef or puppet said they can do that I'm like they can't but then like yeah, but of course they said that because they want the deal <laughs> if there's only if, there, if there's only like fifty you know ten million on the table, they want that ten million for themselves, and they'd rather get you in there and get started with their stuff and you know and and they believe their stuff is gonna make the customer's life better and in general it does. But it's the same thing with, you know, say, you know, brand X cloud seller, Mirantis or anybody who like let's just call Mirantis as a generic name for everybody, cloud TP, all these guys. You know, I mean, like they know that some customer probably has a budget for ten million. They don't want to give a million of away to, to Damon and his yeah. gang, right? Like like that's just not the way the game is played. I got a product. I want to sell it to you. And oh yeah, we have we have. Oh, we we never just sell you a cloud. We 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 spend some time with you, and we make sure you understand. And and yeah, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Because you know their little assessment is checkbox: Do you need cloud? Yes. Um, checkbox: um, Should you run our cloud? Yes. Checkbox: Did the install work? You know. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating, but. But you know, you look at most vendors' assessment; it's so like tuned to their product. Why wouldn't it be? Oh, Any anyway. Well, yeah. But, but the point is that well, again, the, 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 like I said, it's the same reason I could never get my sales guys in Stratis to sell assessments. I'm like, we should sell assessments. They're like, hey, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, John, you know, next month, hey, any assessments? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no, no assessments this month. But maybe next month, <laughs> you know, next month, hey, any assessments deals? You know, yeah, no, 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 no. I, like, I grab one and he's like, John, I sell assessments. I can sell like a week's worth, two weeks' worth of consulting as opposed, you know, for like what, you know, 50, 60 grand versus, you know, a million and a half for a deal. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: No, no, I, I mean the the uh, the sales incentives have to be turned around to not worry so much about timeline, right? Like if if you're, I mean, I mean most of the way. Let's let's let me pause it in the commodity uh, business model, for lack of a better phrase. You just want to sell as much of it as soon as possible, and so that's kind of the dominant sales mentality you have is is go out there and and find people who are ready to buy and will buy quickly. And of course, those are the hardest people to find and sometimes not the most valuable. So you also shade in like, and then I'll spend a little bit of my time, as some people like to call themselves in LinkedIn, advising people on things. And I'll kind of hang out and eventually they'll be ready to buy and they want to buy. But the idea of uh, needing to educate someone isn't, Traditionally, the role that salespeople are structured and incented to worry about—I mean, that's yeah. different parts of the organization.
1: And for people who don't know, don't kid yourself. You know, a, a, a career professional salesman, salesman, saleswoman, basically is—you know—is so talented in what you know. The really good ones have studied the craft. Of, and i 'm not going to call it manipulation because it's it's a it's a, it's a tech bait they have toolboxes and techniques and they read books about how to get you to basically agree to um you know to to sign off on a deal right and so like they're really really good at this the good ones and the good ones wind up working for the companies who make the most amount of money and so Squint, their commissions are very high because they're really good at it, and when they're not, they go somewhere else. So again, you know, the whole thing is kind of rigged against the poor damn car. Co- I mean, back in the day, they used to have courses for managers to how to deal with sales reps. <laughs> right. I mean, you literally would go to a course tort by sales reps. We're like, all right, let me tell you what these guys are going to do to you and how this is going to work. But, um, you know, I, I you know, again, I work for a company that eventually is going to sell a bunch of stuff and is already hiring high-powered sales reps. And, you know, you do too. And, and you know, I don't know what the the perfect answer, although I know a couple of things. If I look at the companies, like most of them are doing infrastructure. There's a couple of things. They don't, like, you won't hear them say, we bought a cloud. In fact, very rarely do you even hear them use the word cloud. You know, the the you know the the Facebook, right? Facebook doesn't really use a cloud per se. I mean it's very cloud like, but they use their own bare metal. Um, you know, and then you know, and Etsy per se does their own infrastructure. Uh, Twitter um uh, does their own Netflix does. Amazon but boy at some point it's not even really Amazon the way they use it.
0: So um so, so did, did you uh, to close out uh maybe like uh were, were were you involved at all in the rise of VMware like in the uh what was that the early 2000s? So back in the day no, the, right. because here this is this is another sort of like historic theory uh, yeah. I, I I don't have the historic knowledge to test. My, my theory about VMware is that it was, it was this perfect uh, combination of everything we've been talking about in the sense of it took a little bit of like conceptual changing and, and worrying about, uh, what, what did you say? The practice of using tools in a novel way, right? But on the other hand, you sort of ended up with the same thing, just a, just better at the end. Right. Like, like, in contrast, you look at all the discussion around cloud and cloud native applications and microservices, and you have to be this high to do microservices. Right. And it's kind of like things are different on the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I don't know if this is true. This is what I'm asking, but I feel like after a successful VMware install, things look the same, but they're just cheaper
1: and faster.
0: Maybe not faster, but they're just like oh, more okay. optimized.
1: The, the reason um vmware succeeded so well was it was these you know point in time convergent problems right where um you know the 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 modern data center um just knew i mean they were there were basically the 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 buzz phrase of the um Mid to late 90s, I think, basically when that started, maybe earlier than that, I don't know. Somewhere in the 90s, was you know data center consolidation, data center consolidation, right? Because you know at that point, um, we you know so here we're you know following the history chain, right? Like we went to a distributed world, right? Not only did we have spread out software all the place, we had servers, bare metal servers running all the place that were. You know, uh, on, on a you know, um, thirty day you know, graph, we're busy on average twenty percent, fifteen to ten percent of the time. Right, right, and and so somewhere in the mid to late nineties, you know, people were looking at that and saying, "Oh my God, I spend you know, I basically spend a ridiculous amount of money on electricity, power, everything for you know." hundreds or thousands of machines that basically are utilized 10% of the time. Right. And it's the the optimizing thing, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden this software comes out that allows pretty much for the most part a seamless implementation, and particularly in Windows, right? Like that was the killer app, like basically it seemed like within a couple of years you'd walk into a data center and like every Windows app or every Windows operating system was running on the VMware And, you know, you went from, like, just, you know, thousands and thousands of window boxes to thousands and thousands of VMs on 10, 20, 100, 100, maybe, you know, a couple of hundred boxes, right? And so it was was that whole uh, consolidation. But, but, I mean, you know, to give VMware its it's due, right, Um, that became pretty much commodity, right? Like, it was, like... Checkbox, I need to basically consolidate. Um, you know, where, where, what do I do? Um, you know, just like I buy either Dell or or Mac. Um, you know, I mean, at at the time, really, it was they were the only solution because I mean, Zen was nascent. You know, KVM really wasn't even on, on, uh, you know, maybe in a lab somewhere in Israel, but, um, but
0: right. I mean, there, there was, there was almost some, some. I mean, not literally some point in time, but some point in time where, where the, the pitch between the buyer and the seller, the, the IT people and VMware was, hey, so uh, what do you need me to provide so that you run all of your IT like this, right? Like, like what, are, what are the fe- features that we need to add and things we need to do so that basically this becomes a commodity of which we are the only seller? And 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 then at that point, like the dynamics of everything switch, right? Like, like and 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 I'm I'm more interested in, or or what I shouldn't say, I'm more interested in. I, I was always curious about when VMware reps were out there selling. Like, did they encounter these encounter these same problems that we cloud people encounter in the sense of like, oh yeah, it'll do everything for you, and you're like, but you're gonna have to do everything different. Like like it it doesn't seem like with VMware there was this conceptual clunking. So much as there is nowadays about switching over to doing cloud things, although, although I don't know. I mean, I I might be uh, making something up.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just you know, it's all hard, complicated shit, right? So I mean, that's the fallback. Right? That's the punt position, right? With like that, I don't know. <laughs> you know I mean, if you make me think too hard, I'm gonna just say fuck. I don't know, but um, but but um, you know, I mean, I think there is the possibility. Like the core things are. How do you become competitive? How do you become a, um, you know, differentiated as a business, right? And and I, I don't think that really data center consolidation basically, you know, decided whether Amex beat you know such and such or the right. something like. That. I like you know we talked a little about you know Jim Collins good to great like where he compares certain organizations like. There was nothing about technology, you know. Lou Gerstner, right? Like Lou Gerstner and IBM, right? Like walks into this place and like you know, his job is to shut it down, basically. And he decides to not shut it down, pisses everybody off, and puts IBM on a on a you know what? Um, he came in what in the late eighties, maybe nineties. I mean, like he, he put he's put this company on a twenty five year run. That even now they're just starting <laughs> to to lose their gas. Um, <laughs> you know, um the 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 some of the stuff he did, right? So it's it's about leadership, right? And 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 you know, it's very rarely about technology. Now, can you solve things? Can you save money? You know, was ES you know, putting uh you know VMware in the data center? Did companies save money? well, I don't know, because they created all sorts of OPEX issues then too, right? Like, you know, I mean and uh but but I, I think um you know, I think, again, I think we're seeing, we're starting to see this, um, you know, Damon calls them the haves and the have-nots, right? And, and I think we're starting to see clear haves, and there's certain patterns that they have. Again, Google is a have. You know, there's, in every sense of the word, in the way they make money, the way they do IT, uh, you know, the way they think about the way humans interact there. They they are the model of how every company needs to think about. I think you know probably full of shit, but um, and I and I think you know to a lesser extent companies like uh, Facebook. You know, I mean, Facebook's doing. You know, they you know they've carved out what they want to do. There's nobody can can even come close to do what they you know like their their um, competency of excellence ensures that nobody else is going to basically create a Facebook that's going to compete with them Twitter, you know, um, I mean, who would come out with a Twitter alternative right now? Um, you know, so, and, and again, if you look at the way they're putting the, 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 their kind of a, uh, you know, their, their primordial soup of what they do together, it's, it's about, you know, really good leadership. It's about really good people. And it's using technology almost, com- you know, as its commodity, really, which is kind of a complete different way to describe when we talked about commodity earlier. But commodity in the sense that it, it doesn't have to be first-class citizen; it just has to fit, and they'll munge it and make it work the way it needs to work for them. Right.
0: It's it's, it's sort of like uh, eventually all technology becomes table stakes. And 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 if you want to use it to differentiate, you have to start using it before it's a table stake.
1: Well, that that's Simon's. You know, that's his whole gig, right? This whole uh, you know, you move from kind of genesis to utility, and you know, and and so you know, ultimately, that you know, people who produce technology or produce service based on technology, you know, are kind of always getting from you know to. From from a kind of a, a genesis to utility state, right? So so in the end, um, if you've been successful, then the technology is table stakes, right? Like you know, it, 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 it Google technology is table stakes. I mean, it's it's incredibly important. <laughs> they got really hard smart people. They hire smart people. They um, you know they just you know they keep like like pushing the envelope on what google can even think about doing um in terms of technology right like there are cars that drive themselves and but uh, yeah
0: I, I i think but before we close out i mean it, it's uh I, as as always when i'm podcasting i'm watching the twitter stuff stream by and james governor <clears throat> reminded me of something he was saying uh he was pointing out that one of the <clears throat> reasons that uh sun didn't do well in cloud is because oracle financials wouldn't allow them to charge hourly <laughs> which which is like you know a little bit of trivia that only a you know a red monk person would know from talking with all the people
1: yeah. So, yeah, that's- but,
0: but you know it, it it's i'm sure it grossly oversimplifies it but it, it it's it's a it's a straw man example of of being constrained by your tools right and and if if you keep having these meetings about, uh, oh, our billing system doesn't allow this to happen. Like, man, I remember all sorts of billing meetings I would have when I used to work in places with billing systems. You know, Eventually, you just need – you have to start uh, pulling the, the five whys stuff and figure out why, why, why you're so obsessed with the billing system that isn't letting you run the business how you want to.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to learning to see in your organization, seeing what the value stream looks like. What is the value stream? You know, what is the value? Like <laughs> the reason why they call it value stream is there's a value, and 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 you know, and if you if you are an organization that can understand there is a system's way of looking at things, and you can understand the value stream, then it's a no-brainer when you see bottlenecks. Like, you know, you look at a bottleneck and you say, oh, my God, like, why would we, like, it would, but it's back to what we said earlier, right? The, the idea that somebody's going to go to some organization to get Cloud Foundry working, and, and they found out after doing some, you guys found out through some research, it was as simple as there are a bunch of bullies that wouldn't let them, you know, not even bullies, they felt that they had to protect it, that wouldn't let them have access to vSphere, right? But, the, like, that happens because they don't know, they can't see the people that are trying to deliver value cannot, quote-unquote, see the value stream and and because if they saw the value stream and they realized why they went into the building they worked at every day, they would be like, wait a minute. The, even the guys that said no would say, oh, Jesus, we should never be saying no to this because if we said yes to this, actually, we'd probably get bigger bonuses next year. <laughs> right. But they don't like they don't know that, right? Like they, you know, like because nobody's trying to give them the the global view. And it, again, it's harder in big corporations, right? Like it, we talked about this last week. It's easier for a company that's ten years old that's that's worth you know you know how many billions of dollars, but like an Uber or a you know um, you know Uber again another example, right? Like it's, the value stream is pretty clear there. So, yeah, I don't know. I you know. I, you know, I am thinking about. Hopefully, this podcast didn't suck. <laughs> oh, I, so I think good. I think it was
0: fine. I, I think I think the uh, what's what's helpful to work out right, and why I go through this is uh, de- depending on what part of all this you work in, right? Like it's it's very rare that you get the chance to actually do like a five wise type of thing, or or kind of like think about the meta layer of stuff, which allows you to redefine your scope, which allows you to be successful if you redefine it properly, right and It is, uh, you know, I read all these books and, and I get frustrated by every single one of them (laughs) because, because they never explain how to make someone else read the book, right? Like that's, that's always the missing piece is like, I just read this book and now I need five other people to read it and believe it as much as I do. And that's the part that's always missing. So I think it's helpful to like talk about it in different ways and like, it's, uh, you know, think, pro- pro- progressing is like pouring water over everything, so you can find the cracks, so it finally seeps in.
1: I think you know one of my somebody Damon said the other day. He one of my favorite um, things by Golrat, um is the it's an audio only series. It's called Beyond the Goal, and and he just in that he just it's just so. I mean, the way he talks about you know. About the way organizations behave and the way things they do workarounds and and how he tries to dissect you know that that discussion and you know it uh, I, I recommend it, if either you think and you've been listening to this podcast and you think I'm completely full of shit or you think I'm actually made a lot of sense honestly either way I, I would ask you to go out and buy a copy of Beyond the Goal by Elliot Gorat. And I will tell you that if you read that, and and you if you can give me an argument why I'm full of shit based on his theories, I will buy you dinner.
0: And also, you can get the delightful uh, like mid two thousands PowerPoint slides that come with it. That if I remember, have purple oh, gradient you know, shadowing.
1: Those, those slides are actually. Um, here's the thing: like there, it's a it's a little piece of crap slide deck. Be honest with you. <laughs> one picture in it i mean there's a couple of things that are okay but but there's like one slide in there and when he talks about when colrett talks about complexity and how um how physicists think about so his argument is he was a physicist deming was a physicist um and he says that the 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 the, like so all right i know we're going to extend this a little bit for those people who haven't been listening to me over the last two or three years Basically, Deming invented Lean. A short story: Deming invented um, basically was so influ- was basically the Shakespeare of Japan after World War II in terms of management philosophy. Um, basically, which became Toyota Production System. The American version of Toyota Production System is called Lean. Um, you know, the bottom line is that um, that the all of that is what Golrat, you know, basically is driving. And, and, and these guys, Golrat and Deming were both physicists and there's a slide in there that shows, I, I lost my mind there for a second. You probably tell. Um, the point I wanted to make is there's, there's a brilliant section in that audio series where Golrat talks about how non-physicists or physicists think about how complex systems work. And it, it in order to actually kind of understand kind of the full value stream and all this stuff, you have to think in a non-intuitive way. You need to think about things from the way, quite honestly, the way a physicist thinks, a quantum physicist thinks about complexity, to be able to actually kind of break down how to make things successful.
0: And as you pointed out to me, once you've listened to that five hours, you you can probably imitate his snicker pretty well.
1: Oh, he's yeah. Like you know, it's like almost like Dudley Do Right. Yeah, he Very laughs at jokes. I love it. Uh, he goes, he'll tell a joke and uh, he'll say. <laughs> 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 They're actually pretty pretty funny jokes too. Though. Indeed. Well, there oh, you I, go. I got, to, I got to tell one of his jokes. Sorry. So he says when well, he's talking about a physics and complexity. Actually, he says he says um, he says how do you know what does it take to win a nobel prize in physics he says the way you know whether you, you can win, win a nobel prize in physics is if when everybody reads basically said no, you do two things you write you basically put about two page two or three pages together and the second thing is when every other physicist reads that two or three pages they go oh shit you know i should have thought of that and he laughs, you know, k- 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 you know in other words, it, it's, it, the, the beauty of the way a physicist thinks about complexity is it's actually very simple.
0: Indeed. Good old physics.
1: Love those guys. Mark Burgess, Search of Certainty. Another really good book to read.
0: So on that note, this has been Lords of Computing.
1: Now the lords of computing.
0: Episode number five. I've inserted a few uh, other things into the stream, John. This yeah, is the well, time you I, and I have talked.
1: Episode five when we've only done three. This, uh, this is like quantum uh, podcast numbering.
0: Well, you know, it takes a village
1: to make yeah. a podcast. All yeah. right. but uh, those, other, those other folk live up to the lord of computing that you add into our show.
0: Well, you know, now that we're in episode five, my intention is basically uh, – there, there, there's a very, using the metaphors of what we've been talking about, there's a very here and now fire to be fought and then a very abstract long-term thing. The abstract long-term thing is just like it's, it's fun to like document and talk about um, ad nauseum, the sort of more abstract principles and problems in, in the IT world that uh, as we were just going over, right? And then also I just need a podcast that I can stick random like recordings that I do that don't fit in other podcasts I do. So there you, there you go. go. The Tivoli framework. Are you ready to buy? Yes, yeah, right. All right. <laughs> as always, you can go to cote.io slash L O C five to see the show notes for this. As you know, as John is apt to do, he referenced a lot of books in here that I'll link to. You can go check them out. And uh, you know, send us some email. Whatever you just send it to L O C at cote.io and you know, get people to listen to this. We're, 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 it's, it's nice to get more people listening to it because they send us more feedback.
1: The laws you know, of uh,
0: computing. Help us figure out if we're drinking too much of our own crazy sauce because yeah, next next time, we'll talk
1: about, next time I think we're going to talk about travel tips. Mm, yes. meeting in foreign countries. Yes. Okay, Practical Good. things.
0: Yes. We, we can sway back to that. and uh, you know one of the other things I want to talk about we didn't get around to is 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 I often get asked. This is a little preview of the future. I'm often asked, uh, by people who are asking me what I do, how are you measured? And I have no answer for them. And I think you're pretty much in the same position. And a lot of people I talk with are in that, that position. And, and it's kind of weird. It's a weird way to run your professional life. So, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to explore how, how, how one operates in a job that has no measurements, whether they should be there or not.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it's interesting, uh, I think, you know, I think you don't, I don't know, know, who knows. That's right. It's it's a whole other podcast because I would want to actually think through that. In one ways, I would say that, um, that, that you don't need measurements, um, you know, measurements or constraints, right? Like, so if, if you're creative, but without measurements, you don't know what the hell you're doing globally. So I don't know. It's somewhere.
0: Difficult problem. I bet there's some two-page report on it somewhere that That's we can come across.
1: Yeah. So, all
0: Maybe. right. Well, we'll see everyone next time.